This is the Always More Podcast. Hello and hello and welcome back to the Always More Podcast where we believe there's always more room at the table for honest questions, meaningful conversations, and deeper understanding. Today on the podcast, we are talking about our reviews and recommendations of the week, a new news segment about things you probably didn't hear about, pet roosters, nerdology and its impact on culture, shower thoughts with Chris, listener questions, and so much more. But first, I want to introduce... My hero, my guiding light, my best friend, my uh, my dude, Christopher Thomas Ford. How are you doing, my best friend? I am doing all right, boss man. How you doing? I am doing excellent. I have some Red Bull in me. Uh, I just got done. Well, I'm in the middle of watching A New Hope, so life is okay. Life is all right. That's as good as it gets. <laughs> right, right. Okay, so... If you're listening to this, you're going to hear something very obvious, and that is Chris's audio is a little different, and that is because um, one of us, and by one of us, I mean me, uh, I have been in contact with someone who has had COVID, and so uh, my family and I are <laughs> my family and I are um, we're, we're quarantining in the house and keeping all of our stuff to ourselves and trying to be responsible and not spread it anywhere else, and so. Chris is recording off of his phone. Next time, I will have something as a backup for him to have. But this is—I will, I will put it into my error, Chris. But let's say, hopefully, there won't be a next time, and True. we can just continue this normally. Right. Well, hey, uh, as we're diving into this podcast uh, this week, this is like the real first episode. This is episode number one, um, and like this is the episode where we kind of introduce segments and the things of the show yeah. that we kind of like. I mean, they're not going to be like permanent forever, but kind of like the the flow that we kind of sort of want to have, and that might change in the future. But this is kind of like what we planned, and so we have a few segments before. Should, should we? Should I like talk about the segments, or should we just dive into the segments? Uh, no, let's just dive in. And if everybody hates it and it totally tanks, we'll just completely <laughs> flip the script and do something totally different next time. So Right. Okay, so for the first segment today, uh, we're going to do something that we're going to do pretty much every week that we do this. Uh, which, by the way, I don't think I talked about this last week, but we are going to do this bi-monthly. They're at least, at least bi-monthly. We have lives, we have families, and so we figured this might be a good rhythm to get into for now. And if things perk up and life becomes less whatever, then we might do more. But at the moment, it's twice a month. Yeah, so if y'all start listening and we get like millions of followers and I can actually <laughs> financially afford to quit my job and just do this, I'll do one a day if that's what you guys want. Hint, hint, hint. Okay, so anyways, uh, for this first segment, uh, I don't have a fancy name for it because I just am not that creative, I guess, but it's Reviews and Recommendations of the Week. And this is where uh, Chris and I just want to talk about things that we rather have read in the past that we want to recommend or something that we just got done. And this could be from books, movies, television, Broadway. I don't know. Uh, Chris, do you want to go first? Uh, yeah, sure. So one of the things that I've been watching recently is a show on Apple TV called Dickinson. Uh, if you guys know me or pretty soon, if you don't, you will. I really like writing. Writing is like one of my favorite things to do, uh, poetry specifically, sometimes music. Uh, but Dickinson is about Emily Dickinson, who is one of the all-time greatest poets 
ever, in my opinion. It definitely takes some liberties with her life story. Um, most of her life was just kind of assumed for this show. But it's a pretty cool show. Um, it definitely dives into her poetry and what people think her writing style was and what people have said about her in the past. Um, it It's set in, like, the early 1900s, but it has, like, interjections of modern language and mm. references. Gotcha. Uh, so it, it's kind of cool. It's a little anachronistic, but it's pretty cool. Cool. That's neat. I might have to check that out. Uh, all right. You so. I, I guess I will. Do you, I have a list? I mean, we talked about this last week. I have a list. I, yeah, I have. A, but anytime I tell you something, you need to put that on the top of the list. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Okay. And I am aware that like a third of the list is from me, but still. <laughs> um, uh, shout out to my friends uh, Jordan and Tierra. They've been helping me add other things to my list. Me trying to stretch myself and watch things that I don't normally watch. And so, yeah. So some thing. One of the shows I just got done binge watching, and it's not that long. It's just one season. Uh, it's the show on Apple Plus. Apple Plus. Yeah. Apple TV called? Plus. Apple yeah. TV Plus. Uh, Ted Lasso. It is uh, about a American football coach who takes a job for the first time. Playing in England in the in the uh, Premier uh, Premier, oh my God, I sound so dumb, in the English Premier League, and uh, he takes a job coaching soccer, and it's like it's one of those shows <laughs> where you think it's gonna be like, oh, this is gonna be really stupid, and I kind of thought that maybe going into, it, but I really wanted to watch it because it was soccer related. I, I loved it. It's just like it's just yeah. the comedy in there is amazing, and it's not about what you think it's gonna be about. And it, I mean, it's ridiculous at points, but like in the good way, man, it's just a really good message. Good, feel good show. What kind of comedy is it? Is it like dry wit, like the office or is it more like how I met your mother where it's like neither sitcom style? No, it's not sitcom style. It's, um, it's like, it's like, it's almost like scrubs in a way. Like it's not, it's not that extreme. Like his, like his, 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 um, his daydreams and stuff is not that far, but like some of the humor in there, you're like, <laughs> you know, it kind of makes you like, I don't know how to explain this. I'm, I guess I'm not as good of a critic as I thought I was, but you just, you just got to trust <laughs> it's me. Kinda it's kind of like good. the, the internal chuckle. Yes. Yes. And okay. there, there's some good things too that make you go like, Oh my gosh, that was amazing. So anyways, there's that. And then there's a book I'm in the middle of, uh, called uncomfortable conversations with a black man. And this summer, if you've like been paying attention to, you know, current events uh there's been a lot of things been you know put out there as far as what it means to deal with uh racial injustice and um uh, uh, um man just the whole theme and the whole tackle of when it comes to social justice and and white privilege and there's this guy his name is emmanuel ocho i think that's how you pronounce it and uh, he came out with some youtube videos about the exact same title uncomfortable conversations with a black man and, uh, anyways, I just fell in love with the videos, and so I bought his book, and I'm about halfway through it, and I'm I'm loving it right now. So, yeah. Good. I feel like that type of stuff doesn't really catch enough uh, publicity, I mm-hmm. guess. Because, uh, like, I'm reading a book, actually, right now that's very similar, uh, White Fragility oh, I by check Robin that out. D'Angelo. Yeah, it's super good. It's why it's so hard for white people to talk about racism. And I know that sounds like it's a really antagonistic title, like they're coming after white people, but really it just, it lends to the truth of like how the system is set up, why it's such a difficult topic. 
without like pointing blame at one person or the other. Yeah. It's just like, this is, these are the facts. This is what it is. And this is how we overcome it. Yeah. And it, it's, I, it's a really good read. That is definitely on top of my list. That one. And there's another one I can't remember off the top of my head that I want to read. Um, but what I love about, and you, you're a great point. There's one of the first chapters in this book I'm reading. Um, he talks about how, you know, it, it's easy to, it's easy to get defensive when it feels like it's all about you. And, yeah. and it's easy to feel like, well, I'm not, you know, I didn't do anything. This is not me. And he quickly points out, and I, what I love about this book is he, he gets deep in some levels, but at the same time, he makes it really clear to understand. And it's like, it's not like you don't get lost in history. You don't get lost in, you know, that's good to have history, but he, and he does mention some things, but it's it's like, it's not a history book. He makes it really clear to understand. He makes it super, you know, I don't know, just super clear to, to not feel <laughs> like he makes you feel uncomfortable, especially if if you kind of come at this new, but at the same time, it's definitely good. It's definitely fresh. And it makes you kind of go, huh, maybe I didn't think of it that way or something like that. Yeah. All right. Well, that was our first segment in our second episode of the official first episode of the Always More podcast. So let's move along. And I would like to introduce you all to a new segment, a news news segment called What Did I Miss? Did you like that? You really, you really got that. <laughs> I thought you were joking, kind of. Like, I, I didn't think you would actually put that in there. I had to find something. Uh, all right, so this is I, a po- – I dig it, man. Thanks. I appreciate it. I'm working hard. I'm trying to work hard at this. Um, so this is the part of the show where we'd like to present to you some news this week that you probably didn't hear about. Chris, <laughs> I know what we're both talking about. Who should go first? Uh, I'll let you decide. I'll go first. Okay, yeah, go for I'll, it. I'll go first with this one. So I don't know if you guys have heard, I read an article on BBC, actually, about pigs learning to play video games, <laughs> which I thought was super cool and interesting because I thought I sucked at video games, but now I found someone who's way worse than me. Uh, so it brings me joy. Yeah. Um, the, the coolest thing about this article was the names of the pigs. One of them was Omelette. Yep. Another one was Ebony, another one was Ivory, but my favorite pig was Hamlet. <laughs> because he's a pig, his right. name is Hamlet. Yeah. It's funny. He's just he's a ham the whole time. Oh my you know? gosh. <laughs> you really you're, you're really eating that up, aren't you? I am. So one of my favorite TikTokers does uh, ham talk. Everything ends with hams. Yes. Uh, she's not actually a person. She's just a pile of hams in a trench coat the whole time. <laughs> um, but so uh, scientists basically got these pigs to learn how to play video games by teaching them how to use a joystick, uh, kind of like the old school Atari. Yeah. And they would dispense food out of a dispenser when they were playing with the joystick. They didn't really start off like trying to teach them how to be good at the game. They just wanted them to play with the joystick for food. Yeah. Um, eventually, though, the food dispenser broke and the pigs kept playing video games anyway. Hamlet, my favorite pig, is the best out of the four. <laughs> of course he is. He has the high score. <laughs> so that that brings me joy. <laughs> oh, man. I love it. <laughs> it's what, such a great story. What I love about that article, too, and we'll share it in the show notes, is that even after they stopped rewarding them with food, they went back to play it more. Like, they enjoyed yeah, playing this. <laughs> they had fun. Oh, I love it. It makes me happy. <laughs> uh, okay. Anything else with that? Anything no, just, story? you know, now now I feel a little more guilty about my BLT sandwiches. Oh, I don't. Just 
Oh, that's fair. <laughs> They're still delicious. <laughs> They're still delicious. All right. Okay. So for my uh, news of the week, um, guys, I'm just going to share the article with you to get this thing started because I, I can't, I can't segue this into any other better way than just how the article um, says it. Teen reunited with pet rooster lost at Alabama Cracker Barrel after Civil War reenactment. Wait, <laughs> hold on. When you told me about this, I didn't realize they were reunited at a Cracker Barrel. Yeah, after a Civil War reenactment, guys, this is the most southern so, thing I've ever was, read. Wait, wait, wait. Was was the was the teen in the reenactment, or was the rooster in the reenactment? Like, uh, okay, here, it's both. Here's the story. <laughs> Whoa! No! 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 It's both. Yes. Okay. So here's what the happened: the teen and the rooster were both reenacting in the Civil War. Yeah. And they saw each other across the lines like brothers fighting on opposite sides. No, 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 like, like <laughs> what, what happened? Okay. Okay. So what happened was is uh, you had this guy, uh, what's his name? Um, Ramsey. That's the main guy here. And he, um, I'm, I'm trying to remember how, how, he, how they met, but I think they actually met randomly. Like, hey, they're like out in the middle of nowhere. And he just found this random rooster just running around. And he's like, hey, look, free pet rooster. I mean, who, I mean of course, because that's what people would do in uh, Alabama. Um, <laughs> free pet rooster. Cool. <laughs> so he named him Peep. And uh, <laughs> uh, I need, original, uh, right, right, right. Okay, so um, now Ramsey, he's only like eighteen years old. He's like he's, he's like older teenager, and he's part of this reenactment group. In fact, apparently, it's the largest. Um, um, uh, what's what I'm looking for? Uh, non-adult reenactment group. It has like thirty plus people in it, and so he does this. Like, in case you people out there don't know. It's a very common thing in like Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia. These guys go out and they the states where they lost. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And, <laughs> and they go out and they reenact famous, mostly Civil War. They'll do other wars too, but mostly Civil War battles. And so, just for the fun and history of, I mean, me personally as a historian uh, geek, I I I kind of get it. Um, but at the same time, it's like, man, these guys. Anyways, I'll move on. And so they, uh, so he does this. Ramsey, the kid, and he uh, he found this. He found this. Um, uh, he found him. Here, you know, here's 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 a, uh, here's a part from the article. He goes. So when Peep entered Ramsey's life, it didn't seem unheard of to take the young bird with him into battle. Now the reason why, that's end quote, is because apparently they like read like um, like letters where people just randomly during the Civil War brought pets with them into battle, including pigs, In roosters. In case you had to eat. I mean, that's probably the main reason, but I mean, so anyways, pick up back up here in the article. We were at the house getting ready for an event, and we we're still there playing with them, and we we're like, let's take them with us, he said. So they take the rooster to this reenactment, okay? And Apparently, in the article, he talks about how, like, in the battle, like, they had these cannons firing off. They fire off real cannons, and the rooster's, like, just chill. Like, the rooster is, like, this war rooster already, and he's cool. He's awesome. He's he's, <laughs> he's seen some stuff. <laughs> he has seen some stuff, and he's all fine with it. And apparently, they have a leash for him, so they tie him up, and they go eat lunch, and they come back, and he's gone. The rooster's gone. Peep is gone. He's missing. And so they decide to, like, send out, like, messages to, like, the local authorities and to, like, the local, uh, like, mayor and everything. It's like, hey, if you find our rooster, let us know. <laughs> he goes out, like— Lost chicken. I mean— Delicious. <laughs> 
he goes out and he's like 30 minutes from home and he gets a call from um i can't remember some like some local official and it's like hey we found your rooster we can meet up back here okay so here's a part of the story i i uh, forgot to tell you on the way to the reenactment they stopped at cracker bell cracker barrel and they ate there before the battle and what happened was later in the story after the rooster has been missing he makes his way back to the cracker barrel that's where they find him. They find Peep at the Cracker Barrel. It's it's homeward bound. It's like the it's like a lost kid. Excuse me, can you call my dad? I seem to be lost. He was looking- I do not know his number, but I was here with him before. <laughs> So, Peep made his way to the Cracker Barrel. Someone noticed, called up the Ramsey, and it's like, hey, I found your pet rooster at the Cracker Barrel. And so that's why the name of the article is like, hey, they're re- reunited at the Cracker Barrel. I just, I just love that. The ro- Apparently, roosters are smart. Uh, didn't know that. Um, but, dude, I just... Not as smart as pigs. I would love to see Peep try to learn to play video games. <laughs> Hamlet would kill him. Oh, my gosh. That's true. <laughs> Oh, that was fun. Dude, we got to share more news like that because news like that just makes me happy, and we need we need happy news in our lives. For sure, especially <laughs> in times like these. Indeed. All right, guys. Well, hey, that's been a fun uh, short segments. Uh, in the future, we're going to add different ones. We're going to add different types of segments, different styles, different things. And But I like the news one. I think we might make that a – I don't know. You let us – people, you let us know. Help us help you. Right. Let us know what you like or what you don't like because we want to include it in the show. If you like these news, random news things, we would love to add more weird news to your life. So that's been it for What Did I Miss? <laughs> Love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, guys, uh, we are going to take a quick break. And then after the break, we're going to get into our main segment of Nerdology. Let's do it. Hey, everybody. We are back from our break. Our main topic for tonight. So last week we got a little or not last week, I guess last time. Uh, we got a little deep as far as topics go. Some considered a hot button issue. Yeah, that's kind of this my week's going to be a little. Yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> uh, this week's going to be a little less hard hitting uh, news story. It's just fun and more more fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's going to be our love of nerdology. Ooh yeah, which obviously is not the scientific term, um, but basically what it means is we're going to talk about our love and our knowledge of anything that would be considered in the early 90s nerd-like. So, you know, Star Wars, comic books, superheroes, Lord of the Rings, all of that stuff that we love, we're going to talk about. Um, Not Dungeons & Dragons, because neither of us play that, as far as I'm aware. Right. Um, But no shade to it. No. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, So we're just going to talk about that kind of stuff, you know, what makes it so great, why we love it, all of that stuff. Um, dude, what I love about all this stuff is because this really is just kind of like modern ways of, I mean, you, you think about like old stories and historical backgrounds like the Iliad and uh, Odyssey, um, you know, Canterbury Tales, Shakespeare, all these things are, all they are are stories given to people and they carry such cultural baggage. They, whether you know it or not, there's so much context to these stories. Like if you read something, it's more than just what's on the page. It actually means something because of how they wrote something or why they wrote something. They they have some context to their modern day 
problems and environmental issues, you know, whatever it is, they are bringing that to their stories. And so that's what I love about like all these, you know, like Star Wars and comic books and, you know, whatever is all these things. And like Lord of the Rings, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I totally, I don't know why I didn't put that in the notes. Because all those things have like huge, huge cultural background stories to it. And right. if you don't know that, sometimes it can be not, not as like not dissatisfying, but it brings a little bit more flavor to it when you know, oh, so when uh, a J.R.L. Tolkien wrote this, he's writing it from the context of he was in World War One, and you know these people mean these things and all this different stuff. Yeah, so basically um, all of this stuff can be boiled down at one point to seven stories, I think, is what the, the Romans or the Greeks, one of those, guys. One of those older groups said. One of them. They, they said there were only seven stories, uh, which obviously we all know is man versus God, man versus nature, man versus himself, man versus dinosaur, right. man versus robot, mm. man versus his wife, and man finds a dog. That's about it, yeah. Uh, so, so those are all the stories that it could be. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, let's, let's just go ahead and jump right on into this. Uh, let's start off with probably the biggest one for both of us, I think, Star Wars. Yes, Uh Heck yes. Let's start there. Why why do we like Star Wars? I remember my first um I, I my first time watching Star Wars, it was on the VHS special editions of like the original trilogy. I was I was a kid mm-hmm. and my parents had gotten the I don't know if you remember like the three set cassette tapes. Um yeah, and the little cardboard thing and it was gold. Yes, gold. Yes. yes. And I remember watching those and loving it. And then when I was, I think, nine years old, uh, maybe eight, yeah, I was eight, The Phantom Menace came out. And, dude, I was just – dad took me to go see yes. it in the theaters. I remember distinctly. It was in Iowa. We were up there for Christmas. And um, and we, we – dad brought me – he's like, hey, you can go watch Star Wars? Like, yeah, let's do it. And I just remember just being so mesmerized by it. And so ever since then, dude, I've, I've always just loved Star Wars as a whole just because of, you know, the nostalgia behind it. But also just if you really dive into more than just the movies but, like, the shows and the comic books and the movies, there is so many great, wonderful stories that parallel kind of like what we're talking about today is, like, parallel to modern-day um, issues and, and problems and context. And so, man, I, I love I love story arcs, and I love seeing people, and I love, uh, I think one of the biggest things I love about Star Wars is like the hate and redemption side of things. There's there's a sense of, you know, people falling off to the dark side, falling off to evil, and yet there's always room for redemption. I love, love that. Right. What about you? I mean, except for Palpatine, but yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, no, so same thing, same thing. I remember as a kid, uh, my parents actually had the non-special edition. We were poor. Uh, so we had the non-special edition. It was the same setup, but the VHSs were in black boxes instead. Mm. And I remember watching those until the cows came home. Like yes. all day long, I would watch Star Wars. Um when the 64 games started coming out and they had the Star Wars games, yes. I was I had all of those. Um, I had all of the SNES Star Wars games mm. because my brother was uh, also a Star Wars fan, and he's like 12 years older than me, so he had all the older systems. Mm. Um, I would go to like my friends' houses, and they wouldn't want to play Star Wars or anything like that because I was really good at the games. <laughs> So they were like, let's play GoldenEye. And I was like, no, nah, let's play Rogue Squadron. And they were like, no, we're not doing that. Oh, yeah. um, 
Yeah, so same thing. My dad took me to see the Star Wars movies in theaters because he's also a huge Star Wars fan. Yeah. And we saw, and I remember it very specifically as well, we went to a theater on base at Fort Hood that usually plays, like, old movies that came out, like, months ago for, like, a dollar. But this was the first time I'd ever been where they were playing a brand new movie, and it was Star Wars. And it just, oh, my God, it. I don't know what I felt. It definitely wasn't like a sexual awakening, but it was <laughs> almost that powerful in my life. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like it was something new inside me stirred, and I'm fairly certain I felt the force for the first time. Yes, absolutely. So that that was my my history, and it was it, it's been that way ever since. Yeah, yeah. Same same vibes, same feelings, and it, it just carries on. I'm so excited. My daughter the other day, I was watching it on the computer, just doing some chores and stuff. And Aria noticed, and she she, she knew she knows a lightsaber because I have a lightsaber hanging on our um, fireplace mantle, and so she got really excited about all the lightsabers. And so, but I'm excited for when she gets older to really kind of like know what's going on and to to really fall oh, yeah. in love with the story. Now, when Ellie was a newborn, anytime she would wake up in the middle of the night crying, I would go grab her and I would bounce her in my arms, you know, just sitting on a little bouncy ball and bouncing up and down with her with Star Wars playing. Yes. And that always calmed her down. Mm. So I've I've been subtly like Yeah. Yep. Training her, mm-hmm. you know, as you do with a young one. You gotta raise them up right. All right. Um, exactly. Okay, Chris. This is a hard thing to do. Top three movies. Oof. Okay. Um top three and the Clone Wars series can't be considered one movie, can it? No. No, no, no. Just, ah. just, just canon movies. Okay, canon movies. I've got to start with Empire. Empire is just that's it's my number one. Empire has to be. Yeah. Um. Number two. You know, I really, really liked Rogue One. Dude, me too. I'm gonna put Rogue One at number two. Ooh. And number three. Number three is not going to be a popular opinion, but I truly enjoyed The Last Jedi. Wow. Coming at yeah. it hard. Dropping the mic. I, Hot take. It is what it is, man. Come at me if you want. That, I loved it. I, okay. We are not, I cannot spend that much time on this because this has got to be more than just an episode about Star Wars. But, uh, dude, I – I am I am liking Last Jedi more and more because of what it is. I the only thing I I realized the thing I don't like about it is that it's so different from everything else. But in and of itself is not bad, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's and that's my feel on it too. Like it's yeah. not what Star Wars fans expected. Yes, but it's what they deserve. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I will agree with you on that. Yep. Yep. I agree. Okay. My top three. Um, I'm going to side with you on Empire because, come on, For no, sure. I am your father. It, it has to be. Um, yep. Uh, number two, um, I'm going to go off with one that I've always liked because I don't know why, but it's got some of my most favorite lines, and it just got that that brother vibe to it, and that is uh, uh, Revenge of the Sith. Uh, I know it's kind of out there. It's part of the sequels, but, dude, I don't care. I love it. Um, it's, it's one of my favorites. And then number three, I want to – Pull up what you did and pull up one that's not part of the Skywalker saga and do Rogue One as well. Because, dude, I watched it the other, again the other night, and I – It's it, just a good story. It's just a freaking good movie. Oh, my man. 
Oh my god, it's so good. It is such a good movie. All right. Now, here's a question for you, Tim. Yeah, yeah. What is the proper way to watch Star Wars? All of the movies, all all three trilogies and yeah. their additional side stories. Yep, yep. Clone Wars included. What is the proper oh. way to watch it? Shows included? Yeah, shows oh included. Oh my gosh. Okay, um, oof, dude, that's hard. If, if shows, okay, if if you are truly coming at this with no knowledge, like you don't know anything about Star Wars, then you have to do it the original. You have to do the original trilogy, the sequels, and then the prequels. That that's or I'm sorry, the prequels and then the sequels. Um, that that's just my thing. Like you got to go the same way everything else was released. I think you can't watch the prequels and get spoiled by you know Luke being you know. Uh, Anakin Skywalker's son and all that stuff. You just can't. You can't ruin that. That's, if you don't know that's already a thing, then you got to. You have to respond. You have to react to it the same way everyone else has. However, yeah. If you know that, then I'm really enjoying watching it chronologically because I get to see that huge story arc that lasts for three generations. So that's my two answers: is if you've never seen it before, original way. If you know the spoils, I like it chronologically. No, I agree. If as an adult, you know, you you live in our culture, you're this is such a huge part of American ideology, American culture. You have to know that yeah. Darth Vader is Luke's father. Yep. As an adult in America, you have to know that. Yeah. So I would say, you know, watch it chronologically. But for my kids, like as Ellie is growing up, obviously she's watching them as a baby, but when she's like old enough to understand I'm starting her off with a new hope. Yeah. And we're going to watch them in the order of release. Yep. That's how it's going to be. 100%. I agree with you. I agree with you on that one. Cool. Boom. See, this is why we're friends. Exactly. Exactly. All right. What you got for me next? Uh, there's a big question. How do you think, I mean, like I said, this is a huge part of our culture. How has it affected the culture, though? Is it a positive? Is it a negative? Is it just something that everybody knows, or does it have a larger impact on us? Yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah, so uh, you can fight me to death on this. Um, I think Star Trek is the most realistic thing, but it's not the most impactful thing. I think Star Wars is so much more impactful because it means so much more. The stories are so much more um, connected to our um, – I mean, just George Lucas. I mean, you can you can get on him about you know the, the, the prequels, but he knew what he was doing when he got everything going. He, he – the way he connects it to the audience, the way he parallels it, we'll talk a bit later about themes from culture. But no, he the, Star Wars is. I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. It's the highest, not only rated but most profitable uh, film franchise ever, literally. And so, um, it it's affected everything. I mean, you got May the Fourth. You got so many different Star Wars shows coming out now. You got you know, it's it's the main thing on Disney Plus, pretty much. Um, it is it has changed the way. Or at least, you know, it opened the doors to so many versions of storytelling. And, you know, there's – I can't remember what documentary it was, but it showed, like, all the influences that Star Wars has had on other shows and movies and how, how often it's referenced in those shows and movies. It's, it's just crazy. Yeah. And so, no, I, I mean, obviously I love Star Wars, so I'm going to say it's a positive thing. But, I mean, even if I wasn't, Star Wars has, I think, changed filmmaking and changed how – we look at fantasy and how we look at storytelling in a grand scheme of things, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a second as to why. But yeah, dude, I, I think it's it's such a cool thing to culture. 
I was going to try to play devil's advocate, but I can't. I, I completely agree. It's it's such an impactful thing on our culture, like you said. Like, there's no way you can get away from it if you're any part of pop culture at all. Right, right. If you watch TV, if you watch, if you've ever watched a movie, like from the time Star Wars came out until now, you've either heard of Star Wars yep. or you've seen a reference or something like that. Like. There's just no way to escape it. Star Wars is such a huge encompassing thing. Yep. And it's, I, in my opinion, it's all positive with the exception of toxic fans, but you'll find those anywhere. Right, absolutely. Uh, you find those Star Wars uh, football. You can find toxic car guys. Like, it, it doesn't matter. You're going to find toxic fans. <laughs> They're everywhere. Uh, but outside of them, Star Wars, I think, has a net good on America. Yep. And the world. But let's talk about the world. The world. world. Next thing. What's up next thing? Uh, all right. So we want to – in this, we'll talk about this with comic books too in a second. But we're going to talk about major themes from culture. In other words, um, what – a little behind the scenes as to why it was even created, why it came a thing, and why I believe it was such a popular um, movie and franchise when it came out. So if you don't know, Star Wars first came out. New Hope came out in 1977. Uh, I believe it was May in 77. And it was at the end, or trailing at the end of the Vietnam War. And so uh, I'm going to summarize this, but there's a um, there's a documentary uh, from AMC about James Cameron, and he's talking about the science, the story of science fiction. And he has this uh, small interview with George Lucas, and he basically kind of questions him, and he talk, kind of talks about like, hey, what are some of the ideas? What are some of the themes? Because one of the big things that was happening around the time was you know civil revolt and Vietnam War. And so, long story short, um, I mean, it wasn't like a "Hey, let's write this movie to you know be a protest," but it was very much a "Hey, this is a play on what we see with America." George Lucas essentially he kind of twisted that he he did a new thing. He made the rebels the good guys. He made the people who are have less uh, advanced weapons, the people who are usually deemed as the not so good guys, and he made them the good guys. And it's it's funny because you look at it now, and if you take it just outside of the the, the realm of history, you kind of go, oh yeah, I'm rooting for the the guys who are under oppression and everything. And then you realize that hey, George Lucas came up with this story during the time of the Vietnam War. He was paralleling it not to some like Russia, he was paralleling it to the United States. And so, Ooh. yeah, <laughs> I mean that's, that's a, something a lot of people don't want to talk about. No, no, I mean in an interview he basically states like, hey, you know. The rebels were parallel to the Viet Cong, and you know the the empire was the United States, and so, it, it you know you, you could argue about colonialism and authoritarianism, but um, it, that, that's kind of where it came from. So I think that's why it really had such a big punch when it first came out because it had that you know that anti-war you know feel and vibe, and you know, um, but it, but also what I really appreciate about it because I have my own opinions about the Vietnam War, but what I do appreciate about it is that it really did flip the script. It, it made people think of, okay, well, maybe we're not the good guys, or at least maybe we're not as good as we think we are. And that, I think, right. was really important to at least consider and to think about it. And I think that movie and the whole franchise really brought that into people's minds. And and, and here's what I love about the, and kind of talk about the Star Wars and why I like it in the first place is because it's about redemption. Is even if we aren't as good as we think we are, there's room for improvement. There's room for redemption, and that's why I love it all. Yeah. And you can really see that in the like in the shows and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I think it was towards the end of 
uh, Revenge of the Sith, that Palpatine took power over the Galactic Senate and turned it into an empire. Yeah. And everybody was clapping and applauding. Mm. And they said, you know, this is how democracy ends with applause. Yeah. And like all of the people that were now part of this brand new empire still thought they were doing good, yeah. like the Senate. Yeah. And like we saw it starting off after the empire was already like completely corrupt and everything in a new hope. Yeah. But if you look at the turn, like the Senate did everything they could to be good, quote right. unquote. Um, but if your leader isn't doing what they're supposed to do, and I'm trying to tiptoe around this lightly, <laughs> uh, your your entire ideology can be flipped on its head, and you're not going to be doing the good that you think you're doing. Yeah, yeah. And, but and, and that's what like you said, there's always that room for redemption. Yeah. Like, no matter how far you go, Darth Vader almost killed his own son. Yeah. Like, he almost straight up cut his own son in half with a lightsaber. But at the end, he was able to be forgiven, and he redeemed himself right. by turning around from the dark side and rejoining to the light. Right. And that's one of my favorite things about Star Wars. And 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 for you guys who are listening to this and you're going, oh, I see what you guys are talking about. You guys are not being that subtle. Let let me paint a clearer picture here. This has nothing to do with right or left. I mean, I mean, it kind of does, but like both both sides get it wrong. Both sides glorify certain leaders sure. and they glorify them and they'll follow them to the death because they believe they are all that in a bag of chips. Um, and and so what I loved about Star Wars is that it showed that it doesn't matter who you are, you can fall into the same temptation. You know what? What exactly. a, one of the things that Yoda talks about to Anakin is that he talks about fear, and he talks about you know fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, and hate leads to suffering. That's a that's a universal truth that can lead to any side. And you know if you deep dive mm-hmm. into some of the other shows, you, you'll see that you know. And I guess what I do like about Last Jedi is that it's not always so black and white. It's not always you know, hey, we're the good guys, or you know, you know, we we're, we do everything right. It's no, we we've done some bad things too. We need to reevaluate what we're doing and why we're doing it. And so, yeah, dude, I we we just love Star Wars. We we could do a whole we could do a whole series on all the Star Wars, and who knows, we might do that one of these days. But uh, I just do, pick one movie per episode. Yeah, <laughs> we probably could. But there's there's other podcasts out there that do that. So I don't know. Who knows? We might do. It. Might have a I might have a slow month, and we decide to do that once we run out of topics, if that's even possible. I don't think it's possible, but let's move on to the next one for now. Yes, let's do comic it. books. Yes, so comic books are another really big thing for both of us, um, and not just like oh, we love going to the theater to watch the Marvel movies. They're based on comic books. <laughs> Nerdy smile. Right. No, uh, we actually have both pretty massive collections. I think yeah. of comic books. Sure do. Uh, I think the most expensive comic book I have in my collection. I did not pay for it at this price, mind you. <laughs> this was a godsend find. But I have an issue one Superman that's worth about one point two million. Dude. And like start- if, <laughs> if all else fails, I'm gonna sell it. Right, right, right. It, that, <laughs> that's, sure. your, that's your retirement like, plan. <laughs> it is my retirement plan. Like I started no, no, for real, like I started an IRA today and I thought to myself, if I sell that comic uh, book, I could put it directly into my IRA yeah. 
And by the time I retire, it'll be worth like five and a half million. Right, right. Like I was doing the calculation. <laughs> I can't bring myself to sell it though. Superman is my number yeah. one hero. And that is my number one favorite comic book. And oh my God, if I had a house fire, I would just cry. <laughs> Get, get for the, no other reason than that comic book. Get the family out and then go back for the comic book. That's that's the that's the, the two comic priorities. book is family. What are you talking about? It's part of the family. Like Janelle, you grab the baby. Tyler, you grab the animals. I'm grabbing the comics, and that's how it is. Uh, We're all getting right. out. <laughs> oh hey, hey, okay. So we uh, we we went on social media the other day and we asked, uh, what are your favorite uh, superheroes? And Chris and I made a bet, and uh, we didn't like putting money down so i don't know if we actually it's not one of you i guess you don't really call it a bet um slap it oh oh no i don't like that <laughs> well i already know Is the results so I, I i don't none of us won yeah you lost didn't none of you? us none of us okay look okay look so we were betting who who would um what would be the top three out of everyone and so we asked you what are your top three favorite superheroes so i decided to go okay how many people were mentioned each so um, my bet, my, my assumption was it was going to be Batman, Iron Man, and Wolver, or excuse me, Wonder Woman. And you said Batman, Iron Man, and Deadpool. So we were pretty, well, we had one similar one in the middle, Iron Man. Um, and so the results I got is, and this is top mention to least mention, was Spider-Man was number one. What? Spider-Man was number one, which I'm not too surprised. Spider-Man's kind of made Dude, a comeback. He's in, he's in my top three. Yes, and then number two was actually a tie with with two with uh with two people, and that was Wonder Woman and Wolverine. So technically, what? Chris, none of yours made the top. I think I won that. Who was the third? <laughs> no, that was it. It was tied. Like so, you count that as two. I don't count that as two. Who was the third? <sighs> I have to go look at my notes. Hold on. Yeah, I'm gonna make you look something up. It was like a big tie, though. So, okay, so you had Wonder Woman and Wolverine, and then, dude, there's like a lot more that came in after that that was tied. So there's like Iron Man, Coming to America, Green Lantern, and Batman, and they all came in. What you're saying, though, Tim, is that we need better friends. <laughs> Why is that? Or a larger audience, at least, because those That's people don't know how to pick superheroes. <laughs> well, hey, you know, I was actually – hold on. I just I – just, I just exited out the thing again. I was actually kind of surprised. I, I saw some like, hey, I didn't think people actually knew these guys or like thought of them as you know as highly. I got someone who said, oh yeah, like the uh, I saw one of them was like the Hawkeye Kate Bishop version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, someone said Bucky Storm Shuri uh, Impulse. Um, that was pretty cool. Uh, so yeah, uh, a lot of a lot of deep dives in there too. I was really impressed. Really impressed. Okay, so okay. so uh, with that being said, Chris, who are your top three? Who 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 would you who would you say are your top three superheroes? All right, so like I was telling you the other day, it's a real tough competition for me. Mm. Like not for number one, it, it's it's real tough. Number one, obviously Superman. Mm -hmm. So I I got a Superman tattoo. I've learned to read and write in Kryptonian. Yes, it, it's not even a competition for me for number one, but. Two and three was real tough. Yeah, um, same. I think number two for me was Iron Man. Mm. Uh, just because I love, like I said, I love redemption arcs, and he's got a really, really strong redemption arc. Yeah, yeah. And then number three was Spider-Man. Mm. Okay. Uh, not only for the fact, excuse me, not only for the fact that he's one of the original, like, 
big superheroes, you know. Uh, but he's just had so many different iterations. Is that the right word? Iterations? Yeah, yeah. Uh, throughout time. Like, you know, high school Peter Parker and mm, the amazing yeah. Spider-Man and ultimate Spider-Man. You've got Miles Morales. Like, I just love all the different versions of them. And they all have their own unique story, which right. is really hard to do in comics. Yeah. But Stan Lee pulled it off. And Stan Lee. I love it. Yeah. God, I miss that guy. I know. All right. Uh, for me, uh, the same number one Superman. That's one of those things, guys. Um, Chris and I do have different opinions on uh, some things, but this is this is not one of those. Um, we we both love Superman and we both love Star Wars. So. I think this is actually why we're friends now. <laughs> yeah, like that's how it started. It's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Superman is my number one. My number two was not that hard for me actually. Um, Captain America. Um, I he is my Superman equivalent on the Marvel side. Um, I I just. Yeah, he's he's my he's my go-to on Marvel side. I I just like his ideals. I like how he stands up for things. If you read the comics, you kind of you see more complex. The movies don't do him well. I take that back. Winter Soldier was good, um, but the comics do a lot better version of just showing his complexity and his dealing with being the golden child, so to speak. And I mean, even Superman is the same way. It's like everyone views them like, oh, they're all too goody, you know, uh, you know, Boy Scout. They're all too good and everything. It's like. But they have some complexity yeah. to them. And so uh, then number three was hard. And I could be argued out of this and change my mind because I have, I have quite a few. But I put Professor X. Um, and this is not from, huh. this is not coming from comic books because I have read very few X-Men comic books. But it's really just straight from the movies. Um, so if I'm reading it weird or off or wrong, it just sounds like, oh, that's just something you like from the movies. And, you know, I really don't care. I really like X-Men. I really like uh, Professor X in the movies. So. And that is all right. Um, Professor X is a really good one to like, to be honest. I've read a few Marvel uh, X-Men comics. I watched the cartoon growing up. That was probably where I got most of my X-Men knowledge from. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think I would try to argue you out of Professor X. I appreciate that you like it. Yeah, thanks. I think it's cool. I think, I think especially in Days of Future Past, you really see his his struggle to, you know, he he falls into a depression because of where he's been and what he knows and what he sees out of other people. And mm -hmm. as a person, I, I, I consider myself kind of sensitive to other people and their emotions. And so to see him break down and want to avoid everything and numb the pain so that way he didn't have to experience other people's pain really just kind of connects with me. And so um, – yeah, yeah, it's relatable. Yeah. Um, it really showed the human side of a superhuman. Yeah. All right. Uh, let, let's talk about the major themes from the culture of these comic books. So how do you think, or rather, what do you think were the major themes that these comics were intended to do? And do you think that they did their job? Stan freaking Lee. The dude is a the legend. He is the goat. So uh, I'll share an article in the, um, uh, or I'll share the article in the show notes later. Uh, there's an article uh, from this guy named Dante. I am not even going to try to pronounce his last name. It looks Italian, and I guess that's really bad on me because I'm Italian Gian too. But, um, oh, thank you. Uh, he wrote the greatest manifestation of that idea. Uh, oh, 
this is civil rights movement, was the X-Men. Introduced in September 1963, the X-Men were a team of teenage mutants led by their teacher and mentor, Professor Charles Xavier, who fought super criminals and other mutants led by Magneto, bent on destruction of humanity. But rather than be a black-and-white battle between good and evil, the X-Men had a wrinkle. Mutants were hated by the normal humans they defended. And that just summarizes the brilliance and the love I have for Stanley. The dude knew that this was going to relate in so many different ways. And for those who didn't get it eventually, this was a great way to kind of sneak his way in to go, okay, you guys really like the X-Men? All right, that's awesome. This is how it relates to our black friends. And this is how it relates to the civil rights movement. And it's like all these different things. And it's like, oh, that does make sense. Yeah. And so he basically, him and I think it was Kirby, they they created the X-Men to be a um, a parallel between you know comics and uh, the civil rights movement. And even I think I, I think in the same article he talks about how uh, Professor X was like a stand-in for Martin Luther King Jr. And so um, yeah, dude, I just love that history. I mean, you could you could spend hours researching about Stan Lee and about you know what why he wrote um, what he did. But the X-Men to me is kind of one of my favorite ones because of what it really stood for. It really had this really huge cultural uh, significance to it. And here's my take on it, because I actually have researched and read hours of different stuff, listened to podcasts about all of this. Uh, you mentioned a second ago, Professor X is kind of, you know, a stand in for Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah. Um, a lot of people don't pick up on that unless they're actually studying the lore of X-Men and all that stuff. Another thing they don't catch is that Magneto is supposed to be a stand-in for Malcolm X. Oh. Which I've always I've always really liked that thought. Huh. Because you know, they they're two people with the same issue. They're both mutants fighting uh, for the same thing, mutant rights. They're just doing it in different ways. Wow. Uh, Malcolm X was always touted as, you know, a very militant uh fighter for black rights black activism all of that stuff yeah yeah and martin luther king was all about you know the peaceful movement uh. so if you mirror that into the x-men obviously professor x is trying to protect humans yeah while still integrating mutant life into human life and magneto's just like you know what you get in our way you get in our way that's how it's got to be wow so it, it's one of those types of things that a lot of people don't kind of realize until they start doing the study like you know like you and i have yeah um now that being said they're not supposed to be identical mirrors of each other for that you know that was just true, like the true. launching point for the characters uh, but they have taken that to new levels and new heights with it as well because i think if i'm not mistaken x-men was the first comic book to include an openly gay character yeah as yeah, like a right. main a main character uh, that was um. And, uh, what's her name? Uh, not is it Rogue? I don't. No, it definitely wasn't Rogue. I don't think so. Anyways, I tr truthfully, I couldn't tell you who it was. I'm not a huge Marvel guy, uh, but I'm sure we have some listeners, or we will soon, that can tell us who it was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they they take these things that they springboard off of, and they try to keep up with the societal changes and a lot of times comic writers will try to be ahead of the curve yeah and yeah. they're the ones leading the charge for equality for gay rights for 
black rights, for women's rights, for all of that type of stuff. Yeah. And I know a lot of these characters are like they seem unrelatable because, you know, they're literal gods. Mm. But my favorite thing about comic books is that they still show the human side of these superpowered beings. Right. I just really like that. Yeah, you kind of get that image, especially when they like do the alter egos and, you know, you kind of see the Clark Kent of Superman, the Bruce Wayne, the Batman. You kind of see the the internal dialogues. You know, it's it's really like their parallel of not the parallel, but the that their alter egos or their their non superhero themselves are their real selves. And you can kind, right. of, kind of dive in to see, okay, Superman is super, but he really deals with, you know, not wanting to let people down or Batman. He, he, he just wants to do best for the people around him, And yet he will do whatever it takes or, you know, just different, different dialogues that often happen in our own heads and they put it in the paper. And I, I love that. Absolutely. Yeah. It makes them relatable. Yep. Dude, comic books and star Wars. This is probably one of my favorite conversations we've ever had. Indeed. And- it's because we've had it so many times. <laughs> True. But now we get to bring other people into it. I'm loving that. Yes, I love it. And guys, this is definitely a very like I said, we we could deep dive into a lot of these different issues. I mean, you could have and there are podcasts about just the X-Men or just different characters and you could dive in deep and so we just wanted to, you know, t- just just to touch the surface, just to or scratch the surface, excuse me, and just kind of, you know, some, you know, maybe maybe you should go and do your own research about, you know, why Star Wars came into existence and, you know, Stan Lee and all these other writers and uh who, who, was it Jack Kirby, Stan Lee's uh Yep. Yep. Yeah. And so uh, there's a lot of deep history. I mean, even with Superman, I, I'm surprised we didn't talk more about, more about Superman, but his creation too is a unique story as well. But that's a that's a whole other podcast, I think. Oh yeah, for sure. Because yeah. we could talk for hours on Superman. That's yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, uh, that was our main topic for the day. But don't go away because we have a few more segments. Ask Chris and Tim some shower thoughts and some more with that. So here's a quick break. And we are back, everybody. So eventually, Tim, we've got to get like some commercials or something for that break because I feel like we're just cheating the audience without it. I know. I mean, one, it gives us time to talk in between and just talk about our feelings and whatever. But uh, also, I'm just afraid of taxes. And, uh, you know, I I know that if we're earning money. I'm a tax guy. Yeah. I guess. I just didn't get to it. He will protect you. He knows what he's doing. I'll All introduce right. you to him. He's a okay. cool guy. Cool guy? What's his name? Cool guy. Bill. Bill. Okay. He sounds trustworthy. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he's a tax guy named Bill. Come on. <laughs> yeah, All right. Like Bill. Yeah, Bill. The bill you pay. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're so All right. Um, let's get to our next, uh, our next segment here. Ask chris and tim hashtag ask chris and tim yeah <laughs> what do we got from that tim all right so tim my friend tim jude from the book of jude podcast he asked and i think he's talking directly to me because i think he knows the answer to this is do you have a map of middle earth just seeing how cool you really are uh the answer is yes i do have a map of middle earth i actually don't know where it's at but my wife gave it to me i think like our first year of marriage and uh it's really awesome it's really cool is it framed? 
Yes, it is. You, you've seen it? You remember? All right, you're cooler than I am. I, I do remember. I was just asking for the audience. <laughs> no, you're cooler than I am. I actually have one, two, three, four, five different maps of Middle Earth, uh, but they are all in the books. Oh, I have okay. one per book, and I have two copies of The Hobbit, and then the other ones and you know, yeah. Fellowship of the Ring and Return of the King. And That's pretty neat. Times. Um, thanks for all right, question, so our Tim. next one, yeah, thanks, Tim. Our next one <laughs> comes from Demarcus, and he was asking Batman or Iron Man, DC or Marvel, non cinematic. That is an important it is uh, differentiation. And WandaVision predictions. Oh, we got to keep this quick because, dude, we can all unleash right. on this. All right, so Iron Man over Batman, DC over Marvel since it's non cinematic. Yeah. And WandaVision predictions, I think that's going to be the way the X-Men are introduced into the MCU. Yes. And that's 100%. all I'm going to say about it. Yep. Uh, I'm Team Iron Man over Batman. Dude's so much smarter, and, you know, that's my own two cents. Uh, comic books, DC. Um, and WandaVision, same thing. I have a feeling that they're just throwing us up for a loop and that Mephisto has nothing to do with all this, even though everyone thinks he Ooh. is. I think they're going to throw a curveball at us, and it's going to be someone else. And so that's Agatha Harkness, maybe her um, I, or Ultron or something. Like maybe he's back somehow. I, you know, who knows? Marvel, Marvel. Yeah, I don't think it's Ultron. Ultron's not good enough. I, I think it's Agatha Harkness. Mm. Well, either way, and if you I, don't know what we're talking about, read a comic book. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, Tierra asked, "What's your view on astrology?" I'm against it. Same. <laughs> not Look, you, not for any like not for any religious reasons. I just yeah. I'm not about it. Like I know I'm an Aquarius. Uh, my wife asked me to do my whole stars star chart, moon chart, sun chart, something chart. Yeah, you got me. So I put in all the stuff that she needed, and she read it to me, and I could not tell you one thing past myself being an Aquarius. <laughs> I don't know any of it. And no offense to any of you that do, I just don't really care. <laughs> I think, Sorry. Like, like, like I said, you, if, if it's your thing, it's your thing. You know, no, no shame, nothing like that. But I just don't see any real scientific correlation between the time you were born and your personality. So uh, that's just, you know, that's my thing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if it's your thing, it's your thing, but it's not my thing. So <laughs> respect that, please, and don't at me in the comments. <laughs> Same. Right, hey guys. Um, Oh, you do. You if y'all have any more, yeah. If y'all have any more questions, feel free to send it to us on social media or email. Uh, just let us know. You can catch us on Facebook all the time. I spend like most of my time on Facebook. I just lurk though. I don't really correspond. Uh, so, yeah, for sure, I'm a creeper. Uh, but send that stuff to us, and we'll try to get it answered in the next podcast. Yes. All right. Next up, I want to announce this segment because I'm really excited about it, and that is shower thoughts. With Chris. While it is not probable, it is entirely possible that a water molecule has been trapped in your toilet since the very first poop. That doesn't make me feel very good, Chris. It is definitely a you, you almost got, you went literal with like the bathroom shower thought kind of thing. It, I and, literally had that shot while I was that thought while I was in the shower. So. Wow. Well, there you go. All right. Thanks. Thank you, Chris, for that. Share thoughts with Chris. 
right. <laughs> oh man. Uh, this next one, let's go with uh, Tim's. Well, actually, he's not usually that guy, but he's gonna be that guy for this segment. Uh, all right. Well, uh, actually, did you know that King Xerxes? Yes, that King Xerxes from three hundred. Uh, long story short, uh, he was on his way to Greece to you know wreak havoc and destroy the Greeks. On his way there, he sent some engineers to create a bridge. They created it, and then a storm came up and killed it all, destroyed the bridges. And he got so mad, he got up from his um his his throne thing and went out and whipped the sea with a whip 300 times and uh that was like his vengeance on the gods or god or whatever it is that he was mad at and then here's the fun thing they rebuilt the bridge went over it did the whole you know 300 thing uh they got defeated they're on their way back the bridges were destroyed again and so (laughs) they had to go through that whole process again but yeah and that's did he whip the sea again the second time i don't think so but (laughs) i think i think he beheaded his engineers man sounds like that guy was as unstable as his bridges oh (laughs) he just needed to let that go like water under a bridge (laughs) (laughs) oh really okay uh that that was my that was my thoughts (laughs) all right Oh man! Cool, 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 cool. cool. No Chris, doubt, no doubt. Chris, final, final. Any, anything you want to share before we? Because this has been a fun podcast. Any, any final thoughts? No, for sure. Questions. Um, final thoughts. So here's my final thoughts on all of this. You know, we we dove a lot into comic books and uh, Star Wars into nerdology as it is, and. I'm sure a lot of people just really don't care about it the way that I don't care about astrology. Some (laughs) of you guys might have a new interest in it. Like you might've learned something new or sparked some kind of desire to learn. Yeah. Feel free to ask questions. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I mentioned earlier, toxic fans are always going to be around, but true comic book fans, true nerds will always be willing to teach. They'll always be willing to discuss. And there is no shame in not knowing everything about something that you like. Yes. Preach. If somebody if somebody makes you feel bad about something that you like but you don't know everything about, toss them to the curb. You don't need that negativity in your life. Mm. I love music. I cannot play the guitar. Mm. That doesn't mean that I'm not a music fan. Yeah. So just because you like Marvel movies, you may have never read a Marvel comic book in your life. That doesn't mean you're not a comic fan or a Marvel fan. Yes. That's good. Like what you like, man. That's good stuff, Chris. I like that, dude. And I'm not going to. I'm not even going to try to come up with something for that. That that was a beautiful final thoughts for this episode. And uh, yeah, dude. Hey, so as we end this episode, just want to say thank you all so much for listening. If you're here for the second time, thank you so much for joining in for our second time. If this is your first time listening, thank you so much. We want to ask, hey, if you take the time to rate us on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, or whatever platform you use, like, share, comment, use the force, stretch out with your feelings, let us know what you think about these podcasts, these episodes, let us know your questions, thoughts, comments, anything and everything, because we want to know what you want to know. Right, Chris? Oh, for sure. Now, um, caveat to that, if you reach out with the force, we will feel it. I've been working on that. (laughs) But our ratings don't change for that. So help us out and also reach out digitally. <laughs> right. 
Uh, all right, well, guys, hey, thank you so much for uh, joining in and being here with us. We love you all. We hope you have a fantastic week, and we will see you guys on the next episode. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to the Always More podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe, share, like, and rate on whatever your platform of preference is. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Always More Pod and ask your question using hashtag AskChrisandTim. If you'd like to support the podcast and feed into Chris and Tim's caffeine addiction, you can do so at buymeacoffee.com slash alwaysmorepod. For further information and to contact Chris or Tim, you can email them at alwaysmorepodcast at gmail.com.